When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you're listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redmond. Morning, Patrick. How are you travelling? Really well, really well. All of a sudden, games are around the uh, the corner. We had a little bit of a... Uh, so the games around the corner. i got a baby around the corner. you got a baby <laughs> around the corner. We headed to the Gold Coast this week, so it's all happening. Escape Gold Coast? Gold Coast, first pre-season game. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not it's, far away. No, no, I don't think there's time to... Um, the cast out of line. Obviously, the weather up there has been pretty, uh, pretty dodgy. There's been some some water, incredible rainfall the last couple of weeks. Right along that whole east coast, which is good to see in certain areas because it has helped out. And did I'm you actually did you see the great white shark up there that had been? Was it in? Was it in Sydney or was it in? I think it was Queensland? Sydney. Sydney. It's quite extra. Like to see it literally cruising through the the lagoon, st- the street. <laughs> <laughs> and it was good. It was a good size. It was. It was. I got. I seen something on Channel Ten News about being. It could have been the potential three meter flat at Patrick. Willem, mate, Willem, we get him on. Uh, just quickly, how I seen some. I'm going to say funny because you always talk about the positive side. Coming off the back of the bushfires here, a couple of signs that were saying like, "Warning, get make sure your bushfire ready." And the signs were literally underwater. half covered underwater. It's Australia's, <laughs> like, Australia's it's just, weather at the moment, isn't it? It's yep. just incredible. And but I also saw a couple of other photos of massive trees still on fire, but yet the ground was underwater. It's just a, so it's the power of this yeah. fire is just yep. incredible. So it's great to see the. Do you reckon it's the Earth correcting itself? Do you look um, at it like that? I'm not. Sh- no, I just think that. Cycle the whole no. I I certainly believe in the in global warming, but what global warming isn't just all heat. It's just about the the extremes in everything in weather conditions that you get. Mm. So it's we well, definitely played a role. There's seven billion people on the planet now. <laughs> well, I'm a bit worried about uh, the east coast coming into our marlin trip in March, and I was hoping to sneak. I was actually hoping to sneak one in this week and potentially next week coming uh, to get some filming done. But this. Sort of three cyclones pushing them their way down. Now there's one that's just hit during the week. As if floods and floods fire, wind fire wasn't enough. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly yeah. right. And um, Jeremy Cameron, our good friend from GWS, they he sent me a video of just travelling down the street, and all the trees knocked down down the roads, and also some videos some crazy kilometers weather. into the harbour, Sydney Harbour. There was a, a genuine surf beach, and I don't think they've really seen that Swelling too often. There. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, the debris. That's been floating around offshore twenty yeah. kilometers out. You'd have to be careful. It is, and yep. the rain's pushed it out, obviously through the the estuaries and streams, whatever you want to call it, bays, yep. inlets, into the ocean, and burnout fires that are trees that have been burnt out, and just you don't want to hit that at twenty nine. No, you don't. And some of the trees are literally trees. They're yeah, they're, they're, they're big, ten they're meters fellas. long. So yep. be really careful if you are traveling out for a marlin. But these cyclones, there's one that's pushed off Fiji, New Caledonia as well. There's two more out there, and. 
Hopefully they break up before they get to the East Coast because I don't think they deserve any We've had enough of any more punishment weather. whatsoever. But uh, anyway, my week in fishing, Patrick. Yes, Aaron, your week in fishing. We uh, headed out these tuna. We'll start with them along the surf coast. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and we are catching up with Chris Vasileski a little later in the show to talk through actually, yeah, uh, we'll, tuna fishing. We'll let Chriso talk a bit more about the tuna. But no, but you did you did hit him earlier in the week. Yeah, it was um, uh, caught up with. Yeah, good mate, Jimmy Pattinson. Yeah, Jimmy, we headed out with Jimmy and uh, from Cricket Australia and had a ball catching them on plastics, which was awesome fun, finding the mutton birds. And have most people sort of pushed to use soft plastics now? The reason like, I'm going to say... Of, that word got around The enough, reason yeah. I'm going to say no is just generally because this week it was on the back of a blow on a new moon, yep. uh, on a full moon, sorry, uh, and they didn't need to. The fish, the boat traffic wasn't Pick there, back up and the, the boat and the fish. Yeah, the fishing was just insane. Like you wait till Chris O tells us a few stories. Boats were having up to up to eight weight hookups, literally, yep. and they were just trawling the skirts. You got to remember what I was saying last week because it was so difficult. It was. Like, it was we hard. Out, we, yeah. It was such hard fishing just to get them to bite. The fish were there, but they weren't biting. Exactly, spot on. They were not biting in boat traffic and calm weather. We're coming off the back of the rough. We've had a couple of days where calm, then rough and calm. It keeps them up on the surface and it keeps them active and doesn't push them down. Common sense, that's how it is. Fish to what the conditions are, as we always talk about. But the tuna went really well. There's numbers spread out, like I said, if you are. They're from Portland to all the way up the east coast of Victoria. Like They're, they're spread out. They're everywhere. Yeah. But another good thing during the week was the whiting for myself. And they were in huge numbers. The full moon... Come, well, they, they were. They were, <laughs> until we fed yourself. <laughs> but you fed half a team in the week. <laughs> yeah. the, the boys did appreciate coming in halfway through the week, dropping up with a bit of water. Well, I'm moving house, so I had to get a few. I actually had a few in the freezer for a few That's bags for a change. So we did a, did a clean out and loaded the boys up, enjoy it. But basically what happened was coming off the back of the full, tide started to pick up. The pinkies were very bad again, and we've had numerous messages, haven't we, asking been, how to beat them. been tough. Yeah. You can't beat them. Yep. You can't. Fishing down south the only way, which we did. We still managed to get a few of them. They're not little things. But the whiting were in tremendous numbers and really quality fish. Not your 50s, not your 45s, but yep. just your 38s, the odd 42s. Nothing smaller than 35. Really good school fish. Very easy to catch. I fished with Cam White during the weekend and Sammy Goodwin. And we had a bag out session, 60 fish, under an hour. Headed onto the calamari as the tide slowed. You're using calamari for bait? Yeah, just pretty much squid. Uh, they were thick as pippies. Occasionally on the hook, but honestly, the boys, I was putting Pippi on every now and then, but the boys were just using straight squid and they would just hit them before it even hit the bottom at times yeah. and really good to see. But as the tides got stronger, a bit harder for the pinkies and such to feed. So what I mean by that is they're probably pushing more up into the non-tidal areas, into that yeah. St. Leonard's region. Yeah. We're down Queenscliff on that moon, the, the week leading up to that moon we just had. It was quite, they were everywhere and I'd never seen them like that. So, yeah, we just tried to stay down south. The water was dirty from that easterly. It was blown. It was howling at the start of the week, so it smashed the water, the, the, all the banks. We picked our spot early, went there. Everything was in our, in our order, and it, it just worked a treat for us. But the tuna just keep getting better. Don't forget everything else. It's like kingfish season hasn't been this year. I got on them early, and I'll, and I'll be honest, I, I caught them that one or two times on the tuna a few weeks back, but people just aren't targeting them like they, they would be this time of the year because of the tuna but they are there they are in good numbers and I, I think I'm going to hit them up this week as much as we can weather dependent and where I am if I can get up the east coast but don't forget the gummy sharks the snapper pat went nuts over at Mornington on that moon as well in the afternoons morning fish really well too considering it was a full moon so there's plenty of options 
available at the moment. And why this weekend on something else? Oh, sorry, why this week? Why this weekend is on right now? The Apollo Bay Seafood Festival is yes. on. Patrick, how cool is that? Apollo Bay, isn't it? A, it's a beautiful place, isn't it? It is. It's it's one of my favourite places. Obviously, it's not far from my my uh, front door, so I'd love to head down there. But um, there's plenty of family activities to get involved in. They I think they're showing how to make uh, cray pot from the 1800s. This nearly tempted me to go or drive down there over the week uh, tomorrow, pretty much. And uh, yeah, from the 1800s, they're going to teach you how they used to make cray pots, which. Was anyone alive from then? I don't think so. <laughs> but basically, they're going to show you how to do that. It's also an opportunity. Apollo Bay is a, a crayfish capital, as I'd like to call it. It's uh, very well known for its fishing, but crays as well. A lot of cray boats there. And you can head out, head down there and talk to the commercial guys. And Biggest challenge, obviously, with Apollo Bay is just the, the weather. Yeah, like, it's and such it's, a, a great it's a prick of a place. It really is yeah. at times. When that weather turns, Southern it's Ocean. Just, it can be oh, so near dangerous. Southern Ocean. But that's why it's such a great fishery, because it doesn't get hammered as much as other locations. Exactly, and it's sort of just around the Cape there, so once you get into that Cape Otway sort of region out there with the reefs, it's you could catch anything out there. Literally, there's 150 kilo tuna, the school shark fishery, the kingfish. It's un- I'm going to say those reefs out there are nearly untouched. They'd have to have kingfish all over them. It'd have to have everything to tell you the honest truth. So, Polar Bay is a ripping place, and head down there this weekend, support uh, the festival that's going on, and uh, yeah, it's a ripper joint. Uh, tagged fish, it's getting and things are heating up. Obviously, in Victoria, Redmond, we've seen the initiative uh, that Vic Fisheries have undertaken um, over the past week. Though the million dollar fish, obviously, which is uh, you know, nationally re- renowned around the country, um, and Tas- Tasmania's efforts, I suppose, uh, Tasmania, Northern <laughs> Territory's <laughs> efforts, other way, <laughs> other, other end way. Of the country, um, <laughs> To really promote fishing, uh, has seen a five thousand uh, dollar tag go off. Adam Way caught a uh, seventy four centimetre barra um, up Bridge Lagoon, twenty k's up, and he's netted himself five grand. It's do you think it's not bad? Do you think that's a good way to go for for Vic Fisheries to, you know, we hear so much about Target One Million and we see, um, you know, investments in um, stocking, whether it be the Goulburn or you know, so many different waterways right around the, the state. Do you think this is something that, you know, Victoria and other states, South Australia, Western Australia, New South Wales need to continue or need to look at, or is it just the you know? A, oh, I think it's a Northern Territory promotion that's just been theirs. I think that what they've done is tremendous to create tourism. It's sort of when you, if I was to go there, it'd be half on your mind the whole time. So I think it's worked definitely. Well, we could catch the million dollar barra, but like you just said, big fisheries have just pulled out to help support the east coast of Australia, starting, or Victoria, sorry, I should say. Uh, they're now tagged, at the ten, there's $10,000 fish. And what I mean by that is, there's uh, 1,000 fish, they're going to be tagged from East Gippsland, right through to the northeast Victoria. And this is to help the tourism, yep. bushfire affected areas as such. And basically, it's not your marlin or your what, it's it's fish that anyone can go catch every day. So this every, every day per, yeah, you can go down there with the kids and they could catch the brim or the flathead and the whiting and the trout or the cod. So they're fish that people can target nearly every day. To tell you the honest truth, so it's accessible. And like I said, one thousand fish are being tagged, and the first ten people that catch a tagged fish, you get ten thousand bucks. That's pretty cool. I know that gives me a bit of incentive to head down there. Absolutely, does. So, absolutely. And for every fish caught after the first 10. So the first 10 get $10,000 if you catch a tagged fish. For each fish that's caught after that, it's 2000 bucks as well. And you got to remember, there's a 1,000 fish being tagged. Now, I, 
it's it's spread out area. I don't know how easy this is going to be, but I don't know. It gives you a bit of incentive to head down there over the school holidays or in the next coming weeks before the footy season kicks off to have a crack at a place in in the East Coast. But you just got to be smart. It hasn't started yet. The reason it hasn't started yet is because it's when it's safe. And the simple simple yep. way to say it, it's when it's going to be bushfire safe. So. Stay tuned. I'm sure if you follow the Vic Fisheries page, they will announce this coming up in the coming weeks. I don't think it'd be too long after the rain we've had. And depending on the weather that we get, you never know what's going to happen with the fires. So stay tuned. Vic Fisheries page. Check it out on Facebook, Instagram. They'll keep you posted with that as well. Huge episode of Real Adventures coming your way this morning. We'll see you after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for the Social Club where we answer your questions from social media. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures Facebook or Instagram page. Simply search Real Adventures Show. Uh, Redmond. Patrick, up first. Boat Sales has asked the question, so it wasn't sent into us. It was online, and I I pinched this. You do like your boat sales. Do. Now, technology is obviously improving. And changing. And changing a lot. Now, they asked... Banning two strokes in Australia, would you consider it? Because Sweden are basically now have just bought out that you are not allowed to have. They're going to make it illegal to have two strokes on the water. Done. Gone. All two strokes. Look, I, you know, I'm very much an environmentalist. I lo- like looking after the environment. Now, the, the problem I have with this is um, the people that can't afford to update their, their motors, but they love fishing and it's so important to get kids outside doing stuff outside rather than just sitting in front of you know screens at home i think we should promote that above all else and if that means that you know it just takes a, a longer time to to eventually change over the technology that we have now to to something that's slightly better for the environment i think that's the way it should be i think naturally it's it's involving to four strokes i don't think they need to bring a ban here in australia because naturally it's involving into the four strokes. So and, and everyone's getting rid of those old... That's, not, that's what I'm yeah. saying. So you go down to a boat ramp now, I'll, I'll, I'll generally say, well, 80% of boats would pretty much be uh, four strokes four now. Strokes. Yep. But the guys that... And I'm not being, being too rude here, I guess, but it, it's a lot of the older crew... Yep. that fish, the local Queensland guys. Nah, this is always they, the way. Yeah, I know that, the motor, I can service it They've myself. probably had it for 15 years. Exactly. And yeah. it's a lot of them. And they're older, let's be honest, they're older now. So they're not going to change. They're, as in, there's no point in them spending 20 grand on an engine when they've got nothing wrong and they're probably going to stop fishing in five to 10 years. And so if they enjoy it and it doesn't bother them, then... No. I, 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 we're definitely going this in this direction. Yep. And we're seeing with with what is happening and what being rolled out uh, across Britain by 2035, they want to um, have nothing but electric vehicles. Well, Sweden's 2030. So they're going to crack down. So they're 2030 to remove all sources of pollution from its city. So, And I understand why those, why those countries are doing that, but if you compare them to the size of, say, Australia, it's just not feasible because we're, we're too big. Yeah, it's okay, it's yeah. far too big a country, whether we're talking about... And all vehicles will become electric within you know the next few decades but at the moment with the technology that's there with how far that they can go whether it be uh, utes or outboards like Australia's just too vast and uh, we, we want to still encourage people to actually get out and enjoy the great outdoors and if that means it's it's with an old two-stroke that you have forever and a day then maybe that's just the way it should be at I, the moment. I reckon the answer basically to that question from both sales is I reckon it will naturally progress itself within 10 years would you agree 
It, yeah, I think it, it definitely it, does. It's going to push itself out, let's be honest. And But they're going to... The only one allowed in Sweden is the uh, Everett E-Tech. Yes. Uh, so they're the only one that's going and to be... And they're really the only big player. I mean, there's... They haven't got much competition, too much yeah. in the two-stroke game. So the reason for it, it's all injected um, to sustainable. They control the fuel and oil consumption into the engine. So basically, it's... It's it's monitored, and that's the reason that ETEC get away with it. But yeah, like you said, Oregon's a natural progression. And if you are interested in the marine space when it comes to electric motors, Torquedo is one that's really worth, um, you know, looking up and doing a bit of R and D into because you know obviously the Redmond is the the big players with Mincota. We've seen Lorenz introduce an electric motor. Uh, there's Water Snake as well as Garmin. Um, but in terms of bigger. Um, outboards that actually can power a good-sized boat. Torquedo makes some really interesting technology, so I think we'll consider... Oh, I've got a question for you here, and I've only just thought of this then. I actually thought about it a few months ago. Do you reckon that ever in the fishing game, it'll be a manual engine? And what I mean by that is to re- reduce fuel use. How do you mean by manual? So, for example... you, well, you you're a- and pedal it yourself. No, 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 manual, like as in gear changing. So what I mean by that is I go in a car, and my gears change, and yeah. I don't go above 3,000 revs. No, I don't think so. You don't, I, I, don't, I don't think it makes a big enough difference. And I fuel think consumption, yeah. Why would you invest time into that technology oh. when, like what we're seeing with Torquedo at the moment, with how fast those um, boats can mm. travel, and we're talking big boats, six metres plus, yep, yep. that are running Torquedo engines. Now, the big challenge is if you run out of <laughs> <You're> <laughs> electricity <in trouble. laughs> out there, you, know, you can't exactly get someone to bring out a jerry can or something. But as technology improves, I think we head in that direction. Uh, Redmond. This one is from Raymond. Raymond. Uh, speaking of Raymond, don't, well, no, I got a, If you haven't seen the blacklist, Patrick, yeah, you actually got me on. So if you haven't out I there, do. I'm going to take a bit of Netflix here. If you haven't seen it, there's a bloke called Raymond Reddington on the blacklist. He's maybe my, it's he's my idol. Maybe it's him. <laughs> he's your idol. All right. Thoughts on horsepower? Is there such thing as too much? I'll let you answer that one if you want. Well, my opinion is yes. Yeah. Um, I would also, I would always go the maximum horsepower where possible. Recommended for that. Recommended yep. for the hull. But where it changes is if the weight um, disrupts the performance of the hull. That's when it's just not worth doing it. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing is performance of the engine. And if you're getting it... So you're talking more weight distribution from... Totally. The, yep. I think it's all about weight distribution. Yep. If you've got the boat performing as well as it possibly can, then there is no... There's no benefit. Uh, something you can do with horsepower as such. I know I'm all for... I'm an advocate for having big... Uh, as much horsepower as you possibly can, but like you said, suitable for the the boat, what yep. it's made to do. Uh, the reason I say that is because you'd rather have it than not have it. And what I mean by that is I was in a boat uh, the other week, a mate's boat, and we're coming through the rip and it didn't have that throw-out power. Yeah. I know that, and I'm going through the rip and it was a bit crappy. And it moves. You've got the ocean. Exactly. Like there's currents moving at you wanna, 20 knots. You want to be able to get your nose up. That's my opinion. You want to be able to throw your nose up to stop a wave. So... You can fix that, not necessarily by adding horsepower to your boat. It it's, can come down to your propellers and what you're going to do. You might have four blades on. I know Suzuki with their new V6 300, they've got all sorts of things going on with their propellers. Twin the They've just yeah. designed, well, I think it's six blader or something I'm thinking yep. coming out. So yep. there's there's all things you can do to gain horsepower or, or out of a whole shot, I should say. So it's not necessarily on massive horsepower. I think get as much as you can recommended and then play with your performance from the engine uh, sorry, the propeller down the bottom. So there's a few options for that. All right, that wraps up our social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I for social media, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures 
Facebook or Instagram page. Now it's time for our dream boating destinations, thanks to Club Marine. Ensure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. Redmond, we're talking about beautiful Malakutas. We are, and this is a beautiful place, and this place has been hammered by uh, the bushfires. And uh, And there's no better time than right now to support a local economy like Malakuta, where the fishing is just spectacular. Exactly. It is absolutely brilliant. And it's a beautiful place. Uh, uh, it honestly is a beautiful place. It's sort of a quieter town. There's not too many people live there, but I know that during the summer they have 8,000, 10,000 people in yep. the town, so it's quite a busy... Up from about 1,000 odd. From 1,000 odd people to yep. that, it's huge. Uh, and the reason the people go there is, like you said, it is a ripping joint. It is so cool. Like it's it's on. It's just got... Everything there from greenery to lakes to Boating, ocean. fishing, wilderness walks, yep. bird watching, great surfing, um, local arts. Like, there's a real diversity when it comes to, um, you know, different family activities that you can do. And the good thing with this place is it's not, uh, it's like you go, if you want to go up to Sydney in a car or even Burmy and so on from Melbourne, it's a f- takes a bit of time to get there. Yep. It's only six hours from Melbourne. It's not a, sh- it's not too bad. Uh, from your experience, the best time to fish there? Uh, Christmas period is yep. fantastic for your kingfish, uh, your gummies. Everything's great. But then also... As, leading, it, quietens, as it quietens down. Yeah, with yeah. lesser people as well. And yep. it's, it'll stay good to March, April. Yep. Uh, and then you've got your marlin that turn up there, which is awesome offshore. And then during the winter months, the swordfish fishery, which is insane. You've got Starbucks Reef, which is out a little bit off the coast there, which holds awesome kingfish as well, which is a place that gets hit up pretty hard for, for kingfish because it is such a good fishery. But on a positive note as well, if you, you've got a lake there too, which you can get the boat in, and it's got the estuary fishing. So you've got your normal flatties, your brim, prawns, everything, you Some name huge it. huge flatties it's in there, there as well. And just a few places you can stay. You've got the accommodation, caravan parks. I don't think you can beat caravan parks, Pat. You've got the Beachcomber Park. You've got the Shady, uh, shady Gully Caravan Park and the Foreshore Holiday Park as well. So just to name a few, get down there. Let's support the old Mallacoota and uh, let's get it back on its feet and go down and catch some fish there. Mallacoota, our dream boating destination for real adventures this morning. Club Marine is Australia's leading provider of insurance for boats and jet skis. And now you can win the dream with Club Marine. Club Marine members have the chance to win a share of over $260,000 in prizes, including a Ram 1500 Laramie pickup truck and a Northbank 600C boat and trailer package. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions apply. Call for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. New South Wales permit number LTPS 19 slash 33208. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic. Mobile living made easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard. Thanks to Dometic CIB 26 Cooler Bag. Keep food and drinks cool on your adventures. Our special guest this morning is our good friend Chris Vasileski from Gone Fishing Charters. He operates out of Queenscliff and along the, uh, the seaboard. When it comes on the tuna, start to roll up around Portland. He'll head down there as well. Good morning, Chris Oak. Hey, Pat, Aaron, how are you guys? Oh, that's actually the question, Pat, what you just said there, the Portland. Chris and I were discussing this during the week. These tuna that have turned up at home and the numbers that are here, it could actually affect the Portland fishery, couldn't it, Pat? Uh, couldn't it, Chris? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, definitely, most definitely. We are just talking with a few other guys and we're all sort of asking the same question. Like, we've so many tuna in our backyard and the numbers of them and, like, they're actually biting and playing the game. What's going to happen 
major in July in Portland? Like, are the picks going to still be here? Are we going to even head to Portland? You know, I'm getting a lot of questions. Like, he's going to go to Portland. He's going to stay here. You sort of, it's an unknown. We don't know what's going to happen, sort of, you know. When do you normally make that call, Chris, around, all right, the bite is really good in Portland. We're going to send one of the boats down there and now operate out of there and, and offer the, the charters down there? Because obviously when people think of tuna in, in Victoria, Portland is generally where the they home go of tuna, to. Yeah. But at the moment, as you said, it's just everywhere is fishing so well. Yeah, like we've started taking bookings in May like we normally do. So normally the first week in May where, where we've got one boat up at Portland and we've started taking those bookings already, but I'm yet to call whether we're actually going to make our way there or stay here. Like everyone knows, the, the tuna fishing out of Queenscliff and out sort of in between, you know, Point Lonsdale right down to Anglesey has just been unbelievable. Well, speaking of the tuna that's there, I know you had a couple of really good days during the week. There's a little rumour you had a bit of a, an unknown number way. Fill us in. An unknown way? I didn't want to give it away. You couldn't say. You had, what was it? Give us a... You had a, you had a, you had a multiple hookup. How many, how many rods went? Oh, the last few days, it's just been nuts. It's um, Portland shelf or, you know, you know, Aaron yourself, when you're fishing out in the shelf, don't worry about getting ones and twos. It's, uh, you're getting eight ways, nine ways, six <laughs> ways. It's, it's just ridiculous. Like, just the other day, we were out and the boys were like, we got one, one, we're on, we're on, we're, we're on. Stop the phone. I'm like, just settle down, mate, you know? And uh, before we knew it, it was there, yeah, eight rods loaded and things are going everywhere. But, yeah, it's um, actually very uh, very exciting, to be honest. <laughs> Chris, o, can you talk us through your, your trawling techniques? Because there's one thing that we have seen, there's been a bit of you know feedback um, that we've received from people when they're out fishing for tuna around, driving through schools versus driving around them, like the best way to actually chase them whilst trawling, especially when there's other boats around, it isn't necessarily just driving through, you know, the the big school that you see right in front of you. There's a bit of tack behind it as well. There is. I like to sort of stay away from boats. Obviously, when you're trying to work a school and you've got six, seven, eight, ten boats working the same school, it's going to be hard to get those fish up. So we sort of avoid the boats, find the pack of fish and just sort of keep working them, like doing figure eights, you know, whether they're on birds or they're not on birds, we'll, we'll go through and if the fish are down sort of 35, 40 metres, you know, we'll, we'll go through, do a big circle around, do a figure eight, come back, and you can sort of sometimes you'll see them getting higher and higher in the water column. And then, um, yeah, we get them that way a lot of the time. Other times it's, yeah, just finding those birds and sort of, you know, just picking them off from the edges and put the boat in the right spot at the right time and um, hopefully get multiple. Now, the Portland, like you said before, when they're feeding like this, they're pretty much eating anything, especially if you've got eight or nine, ten lures out. You've got a range of lures. You spread a lures that you're putting out. You've, you're probably you're probably doing different methods at the start to work out what they're biting on and the size of the lures. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit hard because um, like all the fish we've pulled up have been empty, but we haven't haven't seen any bait coming out of them normally and throwing bait up when they're beside the boat or, you know, when we take their guts and gills out, like, we'll have a look in their stomach. But a lot of the fish, or I could almost say all the fish that we've bring up have been empty, so it's hard to work out what they're sort of feeding on and what to put out. So I know, like, the last few days it's been, it hadn't mattered, like, we've been using X-Rap, Killer Vibe, like, small skirts, you know, we've, they've been just hitting everything where three weeks ago, you know, they were they were on the surface and very tough. So if we had to, like, really, you know, get into the soft plastics and the thick baits and, you know, try like work for bikes but the last couple of days has been uh, awesome 
Uh, that'd be coming down to sort of boat traffic and weather, as I spoke about at the start of the show. But basically, it's coming down to the conditions of the day as well. So when you get those easterly blows like we had at the start of the week, it's been rough for a few days. No one's been out. Are you finding they're biting better after that? Because I certainly am. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like, uh, yeah, the, the less boats you can have around you is absolutely best scenario, really. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. Let's change it yeah. up just a little bit. You also offer, uh, well, this time of the year, let's just say you would not be catching tuna, but there's plenty in normal years, but there's plenty of options available around the bay. Now, I spoke about the options with the kingfish, the whiting, and you also said to me off air, the snapper are going fantastic as well still. Yeah, exactly. Like We're not doing tuna every day. We're sort of mixing it up because we offer um, a different sort of range of fishing. And um, the snapper are still going quite well offshore and, like even like our normal species offshore, you know, you're drifting around getting snapper. They're still getting good sized flathead. There's still plenty of flatties around, still snapper around. So I think everyone's so fixated on the um, tuna, everyone's sort of leaving that alone, which is still really good fishing. Right, Chris. So it's time before we let you go. Let's feather it. Let, let's 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 let let's let the secrets go, Pat. What's the number one lure? <laughs> well, we we number had one. The, we had heard secret. a lot of the X rap sort of ten to twelve. The smaller ones, yeah. Smaller yep. ones. What have you been using, Chris? I don't beat on, beat around the bush. The secrets have got to come out of your professional fisherman. What have you got? Okay. What are you using? All right, this is my number one go-to lure at this stage. As he hangs. Right? Oh, reception's gone. Reception's <laughs> gone. <laughs> I have not used this lure probably about I don't know. I reckon it would have been eight, ten years. The killer vibe. Really? The killer vibe is back. And I didn't. You haven't even told me that you. Oh, I had a word that I can't say here. The killer <laughs> yeah, vibe. You yeah. reckon? The killer vibe's been nailing them. It's the first one to go in the rack every time. I don't know why. It's just, yeah, right. they're loving the killer vibe. And I'm going to have to do what you did. I'm going to have to dust the dust off them because I've got a couple at home and I haven't used them for a yeah. long time. <laughs> yep, yep, there you go. Oh, the secret's so out. Get out there, get yourself a killer vibe. If you do want a charter, make sure you give Chris o a call, but just don't call him after 6.30 because he's hanging out with the kids. Chris Vasilevsky from Gone Fishing yeah. Charters. If you want to get in touch with Chris O, www.gonefishingcharters. No, gonefishing.com.au. Thanks for joining us this morning, Chris O. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. That was all aboard for Dometic. Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. It's time for Red's review. Now, before we get into it, we thought at some stage <laughs> you'll be able to review Bill Gates's new uh We had a bit of a letdown boat. just then, didn't we? <laughs> and then found out during the week it's not actually true. Well, he's worth... A lazy it's $110 billion he is. Yeah, uh, $163 billion Australian, and the boat was not much, yeah, 700 r- mil. Rumours getting around that he was uh, purchasing this hydrogen-powered boat. How would you feel if you were sort of running... It emits only water, but it's still... Sh- <laughs> I don't even know how this thing works. It's too complicated for me. Yeah, if you win a couple more Brownlows, a couple of premierships, you might have to get me on to test it out, Pat. Yeah, and just be... You know, how much does it cost? No, it wasn't much, as I said to you. $700 million. Yeah, $700 million. <laughs> Now, before we get into our review, yes. uh, we have our Real Adventures project boat that we've been slowly doing up over time. It's a 3.99 Proline Angler. It's an early 2000s model. We we purchased it off a, uh, a farmer. It literally sat in the middle of a field for a few years without actually being touched. The motor was actually beautiful. Yamaha two-stroke. So we've slowly added different things onto it over time, haven't we, Redmond? The latest addition over the Christmas period was a Garmin EcoMap Plus 
75CV with transducer, obviously. So we'd, we'd sort of toiled around Redmond. We'd only planned on sort of spending five to 600 bucks. And then when we were in at Melbourne Room, we ended up spending double that simply because of the, the balance between touchscreen, is it worth it for a, for a boat that we don't use a huge amount, safe to say, yep. um, versus um, your traditional buttons. We ended up spending a bit more and we're glad that we have. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very, let's just say, convenient unit. You're looking at about 1000 bucks, like you said, for the unit itself and the transducer, which is cool because the transducer can cost you a bit of money. And for what you're doing, you don't need your big one kilowatts and things like that. But what it does have, it has chirp. Uh, it's got quick draw, quick draw contours map, which I religiously use. Yeah, all the maps are preloaded for Australia and New Zealand, so that's an important thing because I, I did buy a ten inch unit and then discover that it didn't actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I discovered on your boat when I. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, where's your card? What's not in there? It doesn't come with one. Three hundred bucks. <laughs> they, so three hundred dollars later. Yeah. So have you actually bought that? I don't reckon. No, I have. Oh, you got it. I, yeah. I finally have. One thing it has got as well, which is the active. Oh, it, it, it links up with via Bluetooth. Yeah. And which what is the active Captain app, and yes, you love this. Active Captain, I use this religiously. It hooks into my phone, which runs through the Active Captain map as well. But also, in the coming period of time, I know that they've teamed up with Navionics now, Garmin. Have that. So, what I mean, yes, they this have. This is breaking news. It has. So, it's all going to be one big shot, let's be honest. It's going to be all in one go. So, I, it's more, it's it's not far away. I think the boat show is when the, it all comes out, at, like as in finalizers. Yep. But the Active Captain, what it does, you've got your maps, you can sync it to there. You put a mark in your unit, it shows up at your phone. If you want to send a meter mark where you got the fish, if you want to screenshot the fish that you're marking up and send it through to social media, you can do it all via your Bluetooth. So, the Active Captain is something that works really, really well. Uh, one benefit that I think that this unit has, uh, which my unit doesn't have this, uh, I'd like it if it did have it, and it's basically the uh, the buttons on the side. Yeah. Now the reason I say the, uh, it's the it's keyed assist touchscreen. So that's what key. It's literally keyed assist. Yep. So what it means by that is the keys you can use that other not just the touchscreen. Touchscreen, in my opinion, is the best thing coming into the units. But the problem is when you're driving and you're banging and away, you're banging away, and even if a little bit of water touches the screen and it starts panning on your on your chart that you're trying to drive, it's very hard to try and if you're sitting at 30 knots and you're bouncing away, it's hard to direct hit the exit button to close uh, that page to go back to normal uh, navigation viewing. Yep. viewing yeah, with so if they've got a simple zoom in and out button on the top of your screen plus an exit just above it, and you can just manually you can uh, you can sit your hand on the side of the screen. And just touch it with your thumb, and it gets out of it. You're not pinpointing the screen with your finger to touch it. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. So no, I think it's fantastic to have uh, the assisted the assisted buttons on the side. You have got chirp on it as well. Like I said, it's loaded with the maps. It's it's an awesome unit. It tells the truth as well when you're marking up fish because you can get units that are hard to use. Yep. What I mean by telling the truth is some units are very hard to set up. And we wanted a plug and play. You exactly. Put in, and then you're ready to go. And the auto the auto compartments on this unit. Uh, components on this unit, sorry. I've pretty much run my unit on auto, nearly everything. I do up a few things, like colour gain, I up that up, which you, which, you, which is under appearance. And the reason I do stuff like that is, for example, if you are targeting bluefin tuna and you're marking up bait on the screen and you want to, bo I want to boost that colour gain up, the reason I want to do that is I want to pull 
my targets, as you call it, which is the bluefin tuna, yep. I want to pull that out of the bait. So the, the, the density of that tuna is going to be thicker than what the bait is because obviously there's water breaks in between it. Yep. So what that will do is it'll actually clear, it'll have your bait ball on your screen. I up that gain onto plus four and that'll directly pull out that arch through those bait balls at a clearer picture than what you would run in an order. So there's just a few fine tips you can use. So will you change that when you fish in, say, Port Phillip Bay and are fishing for whiting and flat? Do you know when I change that back down a little bit is when I'm actually looking at the ground. Yeah, right. So I don't want so it to all so be it's red. it's not about the actual species itself? Uh, no, it's more if I'm looking for targets. So targeting, if I'm targeting marlin out of a bait ball or if I'm targeting tuna out of a bait ball or kingfish out of a bait ball, I want to get my target to come out clearer than the bait or even a little bit of clutter on your screen at times if you are pushing a little bit faster at trolling speed at seven knots. If you've got a, if you've got a transom mount transducer, well, to be honest with you, it's nowhere near as good as a through-hull transducer. So you're not going to have that direct clear picture as you are because you have, you've got wash coming off your prop. So yes, it does yep. throw a little bit of clutter on your screen. You want to break that up by allowing yourself to have colour on your target to bring that picture out a little bit better. And like I take it back to what we just spoke about about the bottom, I don't want to have my colour gain up too high on the bottom because all of a sudden everything just looks red. red I want yep, to bring it yep. down back a bit because I want to break up the colour between your rock, your reef and your grass on the bottom. And then... That's how I try and determine what I'm, where I'm going to fish on that area, on that ground. Because if it's all too hard, everything looks like rock and it just won't work. So little tips like that you can learn along the line and uh, go from there basically with your unit. But like I said, this unit here, it'll run basically out of auto. There's not much to do other than that. Garmin EcoMac Plus 75 CV. Available at, we uh, found this through Bargain Boat Bits, but most uh, really good manger major manufacturers will have all the details on this and if you want more info on it head to the Garmin website that is Red's Review You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood Welcome back to Real Adventures Redmond where are you heading this weekend anything well, I'm contemplating, honestly, tomorrow that Apollo Bay Seafood Festival. That'd be pretty cool to go see, to be honest with you. Well, you have, you're very keen on your cooking now. Sammy Goodman's obviously played a very big role in uh, changing your philosophy and around that. Apollo Bay, for me, isn't far. It's not even a couple of hours, so... I'm just happy that you're no longer just beer battering <laughs> everything. Maybe hey, everything tastes good in beer batter. Maybe that's your lovely fiancé. She's had it in for <laughs> It's time for Red's tip for new age caravans designed for the road ahead. Redmond. This couple of tips this week, Pat. Uh, one, I'm going to take, I saw it um, on social media, and I honestly was not aware of this because we don't traditionally use the bait as much as what they do up north because we just don't have the numbers of prawns here. But did you know, Pat, that using prawns that you buy from supermarkets is not good? It can actually... In terms of using them for bait. For bait, sorry. It's no good for bait. So what it can do, it can introduce the disease that would literally um, devastate the prawn population. It can cause a massive impact by using... Uh, uh, the prawns for bait that you buy from supermarkets. So if you are going to purchase prawns to go use for bait, make sure you buy them at your tackle store or your local bait supplier or from even from that area I'm tipping, you would you could use what actually comes out of that area from a local guy. So basically do not use what you catch in the supermarket. It could be overseas, they could be anything. It'll We've got a very good prawn fishery, prawn fishery here in Australia and we could literally wipe it out by 
doing so. So don't do that. Little tip. And my other tip this week. So if you're going to buy something from the supermarket for bait, just stick to cheese when you head up and chase. Uh, Surely that can't be no, good either. <laughs> <laughs> I can. uh, the other tip for the week. I get in trouble a bit for smelly hands at home. I come home fishing. Toothpaste is my go-to. It acts as a cutter. It takes a layer off. That's the only thing that works for me. It's toothpaste. <laughs> Petrol works well too. Not good for your skin. Don't do that at home. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that at home. Who was I re- the, uh Some MMM. MMA, MMA fighter. Fighter that in order to harden himself up, he puts his hands in petrol for five minutes. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That, that surely can't be good for you. To harden, <laughs> him, to harden, harden himself Not up. Not the smartest up. guy going around, I'm but I ain't sure what I've read that in. Let's see what his bank account said. I might actually have to copy him. <laughs> oh my uh, the tip this week is when you're squid fishing, most people have deck washers on their boat now. Yep. When you clean your squid or whatever you do, put them in the scaler bag like myself to clean them, you always end up with ink under your nails. Yeah, it's a pain do. in the backside. And yep. even if you get home and clean them, most people have got to tap with a hose at home with a trigger on the end. Spray under your nails with a deck hose, like just spray it, and it cleans them out perfectly. It does. And you won't have the ink sitting under your nails for two, three days. Once it dries, you're in trouble. Look it's like having painted nails. Look at you just it works. It clean. works a treat. It does, honestly. <laughs> just do it at home. Little tip for you. That's Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Take your caravanning experience to the next level. New Age Caravans designed for the road ahead. Now, the flying gaff finishing off our uh, our episode for this morning, Redman. It is heading your way, and it is totally self-inflicted. I'm accepting this. Um, you've been complaining of a sore back for some time now. I'm a back, yeah, but my no, back's all right. Yeah, me, I have. This I'm is my longest talk. Sorry. Uh, you've been complaining of a sore back for some time now. Right. And then you decide to go out and play cricket last week, which is fine. I've got no issue with that. I just don't want to hear you complaining about your sore back. But then to post on social media, and I have never had so many messages from so many people about, please give Aaron the gaff, or you cannot put up with this hashtag SHIT. Um, <laughs> posting and bragging that you scored a century, 100, yep. 102, Not out. on your social media, <laughs> on your social media account. You, my friend, have the gaff this week, and it is totally self-inflicted and totally deserving. My back's not sore, but every other part of my body is. My toes, my who, legs. Who, um, who are you playing? Just uh, the Ocean Grove D grade. I filled in. I haven't played for three years, and now, I'm first Newcomb. I, I don't want to, you know. I didn't plan to bat I, for I two hours. I don't want to <laughs> bat. <laughs> I don't want to bag anyone, but it's okay to admit that you're actually playing against Abervale Retirement Village. A couple of guys might have hit. 90s, low 90s. <laughs> no, I, I was actually pretty impressed with myself. Patrick. That's enough from you. It's time to wrap up the show. Thanks for joining us and listening this morning. This has been Real Adventures. We're going fishing.